Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. That's right, I'm going to say welcome back to myself because it's been a bloody hot minute, baby, but I'm, I'm back with the boys. Run it back episode number 67. Your mum's a bloody 11. That's right. I'm looking at you and no one's going to know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to you listening right now. Your mum is a delicious little syrupy pancake and I wish I could, uh, I could see her in person, but you know, I'm behind the mic tonight, so just going to have to stay here and you're just going to have to dream that Snags will come and deliver some Mother's Day presents in about two months. Other than that, I'm going to deliver some bloody great content today. <coughs> the, boy, <laughs> the boys are all dying, not because Snags is funny, they're actually dying, but I uh, appreciate the boys being on. Deal? have you missed me? Question. No, I haven't actually. It was actually been enjoying doing the intros by myself. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, it's been it's fun actually. I actually felt a little bit lost then, so... Uh, Apologise for the listeners, my voice is a little bit, uh, probably a couple of tones below what it usually is. So a couple mm. of notes, a couple of notes lower for the for the punters today. Um, thanks for the kind words about my mum too, she really appreciates that. She's a big listener of the podcast. Yeah, anytime, so, uh, anytime. Uh, like compliments out, so tower off. Absolutely. Uh, coming into the podcast this week, we have a local vibe is back. I know we're uh, planning to that at least once a month. Uh, we had a couple of pay-per-views going back to back. So, But this week, back on the train, one of them is a regular now on the podcast. So JVH coming to drop a little bit of local knowledge on us once again. Something happened during the week, actually. So it's not live on the podcast tonight. Snag met up with Jack Jenkins, uh, the mayor of the marsh. Mm, it was good, a very arousing chat, chat too. I'm actually still pinching myself that uh, me and Jenko got to sit down uninterrupted and uncensored together, which is dangerous. Uh, we'll be censored once I release it, so that's <laughs> oh, yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> we might be able to do a uh, OnlyFans um, unedited Jenko. Oh, Only Snags. Snacks. That was a good segment, Only Snacks. Yeah. Um, for my voice gives out, I'm going to pass it on to... Coastal Combat Champion, Stoney. Oh, yeah, true. Thank you, DL, and thanks for getting the title right. Uh, I do appreciate you and the Statman a little bit under the weather, but pushing through like the true warriors that you are. Uh, we're still riding a high, DL. Had a, a big UFC go down yesterday, and it's the first time since I think about 2012 where everyone who I was going for on the card actually came through and got a win. So it was a big, mm. big momentous occasion for Stoney. And, um, yeah, and just looking forward to getting into this one. Good to see Snags back, full crew on on board once again. Very arousing. Oh, thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. this early in the podcast. Uh, well, over to our fellow co-host who's wearing a T-shirt from American Pie 2. Uh, <laughs> Stepman, how are we? Mate, doing good. Milf, 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 yeah, I was milf, say, You look milf, like the Schirmermeister tonight. Is it, what's his name? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this is like I, I've neglected to do washing for like the last five, six days. So this is actually... From my, um, is it a polo? F- no, no, no. It's it's it's, Ooh, it's a regular shirt, but it's actually an, uh, an extra large. I've oh. lost twelve kilos in the last three months, oh. but this was the only shirt that um that was clean. Great. So I've decided <laughs> to wear it today. Um, fresh off a fantastic UFC two seventy two, looking forward to getting a bit of local flair tonight. Um, desperately begging DL, producer DL, to send me the link to the unedited Jack Jenkins oh. <laughs> Snags interview because I imagine it's just a fucking train wreck. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm super yeah. excited for the... I'm super excited for the 12 minutes of, of salvageable <laughs> content that That's DL can... But, but like... 
apparently it was like an hour long, so we'll see oh, how much let, makes it to the Let podcast. the boys talk, Craig. We only had one bit where Dio's absolutely going to hate us because we started pressing all the buttons on the roadcast and it's just blowing up. Me and Jenko couldn't stop it. So, Honestly, when I left them in the room alone, I gave them a serve before I left. Like, I gave them a dressing down and that's true. I looked, I, at Je- like, I looked Jenko straight in the eye. I said, you and Snags need to make sure you actually do it properly. Just like having Jenkins uh, do a couple of interviews for us and, and knowing Snags pretty intimately, no, it'd be it's a, good a dangerous chance. combination together. And I'm so excited because I, abs- like, I think it's a beautiful dance <laughs> that they will Very put true. together together. Very um, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. To I'm looking forward out. to it. So they'll, they'll, that'll come out. That'll come out. I'll uh, send you the unedited version, mate. It's all good. Boys, before we jump into the podcast, we need to thank our sponsors, Humble Fightwear. Humble Fightwear is an Australian jiu-jitsu brand that celebrates one of the most important parts of martial arts, becoming humble. Well, look, as humble as Snags was jumping back on this podcast today, and I am also 11 out of 10, just as their gear is. Me, good looking. You good. You look good looking in their gear. If you can say that out loud three times, please hit me up and I'll give you a discount code, or I might give you one in a second. Who knows? Took the words out of my mouth, uh, Snags. <laughs> Where to find them? You find them at their website, www.humblefightwear.com.au or on their Instagram page. And uh, you help them spread the good vibes one purchase at a time. And for being amazing runner-back listeners, legends at Humble Fightwear are giving you 15% off your entire order. Snags, how do they get that? Look, as per usual, RIB15. <laughs> I was just waiting for someone else to jump in and take the light. But ROB15, if you want 11% off, because 11's the number tonight, ROB111. Don't have to work, but try it out. 1-5. Go 1-5. <laughs> good, good luck. 111%. Oh, don't do oh, don't <laughs> they agree to this? ROB11, not 111. There's so much work that goes into, like, uh, implementing a discount got, code the on a the website. Boys, <laughs> margin the boys have got really good at the moment, okay? Don't blame that. <laughs> Inflation, okay? CPI increase, please. Listen to Uh, the terms. uh, Apology, Luke. It is RIB15 at checkout for 15% off. All right, boys, let's jump into over and underrated. As you know, boys, I've gone to the dark edges of the internet to find some great headlines that have caught my eye. I'd love the opinion of the boys if this headline is over or underrated. Khabib announced for 2022 UFC Hall of Fame snacks. Oh, definitely underrated. I would say the GOAT at the moment, 29-0. Uh, well-deserved place and a nice little highlight reel from the weekend as well, which I enjoyed thoroughly. Underrated from snacks. Yeah, look, I'd say underrated as well. Surprised it happened this early. Normally, I have to wait a little bit longer. So that, that was the only thing that caught me off guard. But obviously, he was a no-brainer, was always going to end up in the Hall of Fame. So hard to go overrated. Definitely underrated for Stoney. Yeah, I, I, I'd actually say rated for this. Um, much for the same reasons as Stoney. Uh, I think maybe there's a few more people in the modern wing that maybe could go ahead of Khabib. Khabib is no doubt guaranteed to be in the Hall of Fame. But maybe Anderson Silva, who's not in the modern wing, wing of the UFC's Hall of Fame but Khabib I mean well deserved guaranteed to be in there at, at, at some point so why not 2022 let's go listeners underrated Covington wants Poirier 
Uh, I would say overrated. Aren't they in different divisions? Correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I would say overrated for the fight, underrated for Covington's continual smack talk. I love it. Done. Look, I'd say underrated for both, DL. Um, There's speculation he could wait around for the winner of... Uh, Burns and Hasmach Maev. Oh yeah. Um, but look, to be fair, I think that I think the ship's sailed. Like even if Covington was to to beat the winner of that, I, no one's that high on seeing a third. As good as the fights were, I don't think anyone really wants to see the third uh, Usman Covington anytime soon. Much in the same vein, I don't think a lot of people want to see Israel Adesanya Rob Whitaker anytime soon. So look, I'm all about it if they can get Poirier to come up, or vice versa. If Covington could drop down, and I don't know what the mechanics. Uh, like here, I'd love to see Covington give it a go at uh, at 155. Fuck it, yeah. Like if the, if they can do it at a 160 or a 165, maybe Covington Poirier makes sense. But I think Poirier is a 155er. Sorry, yeah, Poirier is 155er. Covington is a definitive 170er. I think focus. I like to see the top contenders fight the top contenders. I think Covington fighting Hasmat Shemaev or Gilbert Burns, depending on the victory. Uh, and I just think that there is the inbuilt interest in the Hasmat Shemaev Colby Covington fight. They've both got insane cov- uh, insane cardio and insane wrestling and grappling skills. I just think that there's an inbuilt interest in that. Whereas if, Co- if Covington beats Poirier, it doesn't tell you much about the division. It doesn't tell you, it doesn't, further an interest in Covington Usman 3 it doesn't do much other than maybe make their purses a bit fatter. Do you reckon Poirier's name is French? Poirier. I I mean uh, he's from Louisiana which has a very very inbuilt Cajun community which is Say it again. Southern Poirier. Okay move on. French. The Dustin Poirier. The French Quarter? Yeah the French Quarter it's Cajun. New Orleans? Yeah Yeah. Yeah, New Orleans is very strong French vibes. Let's go to the listeners. Overrated by the listeners. Boys, what's going on there? Underrated. Overrated. Overrated. Oh, really? They're not interested. Yeah, they don't want it. They don't want it. The people have spoken. Boys are going to like this one. Spivik Ragdolls Hardy scores quick TKO finish. Underrated for the pole bear. Loved it. Loved the interview even more than the fight, to be honest, because it was bloody arousing to see him on the mic. And uh, I think he's got a future, especially in TV. Uh, looking forward to the next fight. Yeah, I'll echo all that. And uh, the only thing that's overrated, I think, is Greg Hardy. I think he might be oh, Ellie Cutsy material. Yeah, he's on the outer. Yeah. yeah, underrated for me too. Uh, Greg Hardy's last UFC fight on his contract. Uh, wouldn't be sad to see him go because he is not UFC caliber. Sergi Spivak, I, I, I underrated him based on his performance when I, we first saw him in UFC 243. Um, excited to see him overwhelm uh, an underprepared Greg Hardy. Who did he fight at 243? Uh, it was the Australian fighter who trained with uh, Mark Hunt. Justin Tuffer. Uh, Justin Tuffer, thank you yeah. very, very much. And Tuffer got done, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. he he looked good doing it, but I I more underrated Justin Tuffer's performance rather than overrated Sergey Spivak. We saw him walking walking the Palisades around Melbourne, Sergey Spivak. Yeah, it's really? exactly right. Yep. When? Uh, when in Melbourne. Them? Yep. After his fight. Was that when Snags was unconscious? It might have been. <laughs> it might have, it might have been after you tapped him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get <the> listeners. <laughs> 
Um, look, they're all looking for Hardy's uh, new rap album that's going to drop soon. Uh, it's underrated. They, uh, underrated. Oh yeah, that's what. Yeah, doing. underrated. Yeah, yeah, underrated. Yeah, yeah, they they love they love it. They want it. They want more. Copy more so knockouts. Spivik, man, let's go. Copy on the spiv. It'll be closer to home, lads, and one we are very excited about. Tyson Pedro's overcome multiple setbacks to secure a UFC comeback. Yeah, very underrated from Snags. Always get beyond the local talent. Statman will say overrated because he never backs any Aussie fighter, but underrated for Snags. Underrated for Stoney. Underrated for the Statman because I absolutely (laughs) counted out Ty Tuivasa when he was in a similar position to Tyson Pedro. When he had face defeat many, many times, I said, listen, cut tie to Avasa, let him get some wins on the regional circuit. And when they rebooked him, I was like, why are they rebooking tie to Avasa in this position? He's gone on to win multiple fights in a row. There is a burning desire in the Oceanic fighters. Tie to Avasa and Tyson Pedro, very, very close to each other. If Tyson Pedro can harness half the energy that Taito Vasa did, we're going to see great things from Tyson Pedro. I love a big, strong, light heavyweight who can who can bring the knockout power. Um, so Tyson Pedro, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do. Snags? I thought you were going to say... I love a big, strong man. I big, strong man, man. I love a big, strong man. He's lost to Ovid, St. Pru, Ilya Latifi, and Shogun Hua. Like, they're, they're, they're not bad losses in the light heavyweight division. Oh, let's we'll go see lis- what he can do. Let's go, listeners. Underrated from our Australian yeah, audience as well. Well done, boys. Copy well that. Done. Of course. I was never going to go any other way, but rumour has it he's only one loss away before Statman says he should <laughs> jump down to the regional circuit <laughs> oh, and, get yeah. wins and get some confidence <laughs> back. Hey, that's what I say about Ty Two of us, so look, look, he just knocked out Derek Lewis, man. Mate, I reckon Rob Whitaker's only one loss away before you <laughs> throw that tag on him. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not that bad, I'm not that bad, man. I'm not that bad. So hard. Uh, last one, boys. Brock Lesnar shuts down UFC return talk. I'm too old. I don't know how to answer that over or underrated because it's just true. Uh, so I guess you say underrated when you agree with it. So <laughs> You're just uh, working out this segment now. Fucking took me a hot minute, boys. That's why I had to take two episodes <laughs> off because I was just rattled by this new format, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen The Hangover with Alan at the blackjack table and his calculating <laughs> shit? That's me every time I come in here. Underrated from Snags. Very true. Yeah, look, underrated for Stoney. I think if someone like Frank Mir was still in the organisation and needed a farewell fight, you, you could potentially pair Brock Lesnar and have a – I think that would still draw given their history. But given there's no logical opponent, he's certainly not making a run for the title. Underrated. Underrated as well. Um, the thing that haunts me at night is that uh, Brock Lesnar joined Ohio Valley Wrestling, which is like the feeder organisation for the WWE at age 22. Um, and what haunts me at night – uh, is thinking about what Brock Lesnar, with his amateur wrestling experience, could have done if he joined AKA or or a similar uh, MMA uh, foundation at the age of 22 or 23. 
the the caliber of fighter we could have seen out of Brock Lesnar, just the physical assessment that he is, it blows my mind. He's obviously too old now to make another run at it. The fact that he was able to go through the WWE and then transition to the UFC at the age he did and win the UFC heavyweight championship, it makes me wonder about like the, the what could have been. Do you know what um, we would have seen Statman at 22 if he went there? What's that? He would have seen him poor. That's what you would have seen him because he was earning heaps of cash <laughs> and then he's gone Mate. in with a big name, okay? You would have seen him Absolutely. fucking poor. So you stop thinking about it and be grateful, please. He did the right thing for Brock Lesnar. All right, well, um, you need to settle down and let's hear from the listeners. Stop being grateful for Brock. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, listeners think he's too old too. It's overrated on that one. <laughs> Boys, that. Statman. Sorry, Statman, you made a great point there. You did. Uh, and we laughed it off, but that was, that was an excellent point. Just a quick uh, coastal combat trivia with Stoney, and Statman's not allowed to answer because he just wipes the floor. But the number three, why is that significant for Brock Lesnar, DL? Number three? It's his football number. Ooh. Oh, 83 was his football number, sorry. Three. Three wives. He's had three wives. Three, three kids. Dogs. Three kids. Three kids. Three professional fights, boys, it took before he was the heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC. The next guess was three testicles. Lucky we didn't get that. I was going to say three nipples. <laughs> We're on the same <laughs> page, baby. nipple would have been like yeah. a more common now, You would have seen that. You, you would have seen that in a fight, though. <laughs> you would have seen that in a fight, though. Three nipples. That would be pretty true. weird. Yeah, but that tattoo's covering it. Ah, true. Well, you reckon nipple in the middle of the chest? I've never well, seen that. I've seen a third nipple near another nipple, but not in the middle fuck. of the chest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, that was over and underrated. <laughs> This is why um, the podcast comes out on a Wednesday when Snags is off it. When Snags is on it, comes out on a Thursday because I need an extra night to edit. <laughs> so, All right, boys. Uh, it's that time of the week again. Our second return from this man dropping a little bit of local knowledge. Still working on the name, Local Knowledge with JVH. Like we've said, this man comes with a lot of knowledge. Mate, like I said, I'd like to talk this up actually. Prize fighter, coastal combat featherweight champion. Now, there's a bit of controversy in there because we've got a new coastal combat featherweight champion on the podcast. So the boys will have to punch that out. Um, update it. <laughs> <laughs> update his bio. And like we've said, co host podcast of the Down Under podcast jvh mate we've got a little intro for you this time now we're working on it so we'll have to get some feedback on it so here it is lockjaw it's just next level look i'll be honest my, my expectations were super high and I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed, but next time if there could be some lights, maybe if we could do some smoke, if we can add it up a bit. We're building, mate. The, right the audio is fun. <laughs> I think we're, it's the funniest because Dale's, Dale's been under the weather this week, so the, the intro sounds more shit because your voice is gone. I love that JVH was, was so okay with the audio. <laughs> oh god, that was good. Production values are high, boys. I liked it. Yeah, very, very good, DL. Oh and as I said, welcome back to the uh, our adopted brother on the podcast, oh, yeah. and as one of my alumni, as a fellow uh, coastal combat <laughs> as, champion, as the former, yeah, someone who's held the belt. We'll give it that much. <laughs> 
Look, it was great to see you uh, get down and represent the brand well, uh, this time under the Hex banner, get another win mm. in Melbourne, um, undefeated and undisputed Congrats. in supposedly the world's most livable city. Oh, shit. <laughs> Talk us through the fight. What went right? What went wrong? And were there any surprises? Because I've got a surprise, but I'm going to let you go first. Um, definitely, you know, obviously the result went my way, so that was that, that went well. That was good. For the most part, the game plan I put together with Joe and Volk uh, you know, worked out well, came to fruition. First round, obviously, you know, there was a few rear-naked choke attempts for myself. I got a bit overzealous with just pursuing the choke instead of, you know, doing the more sort of clinical approach and, you know, softening them up with some punches before looking to finish with the submission. But I just just like, in my head, as it was happening, I was talking to myself going like, man, let's just get this first round finished. That's what we want. First round finish, that was part of the goal for, for the year. We want, you know, as many first round finishes as we can get. But obviously, yeah, had to sort of adjust. Come at round two, Josh made his adjustments. I got to be lazy with my uh, with my footwork and my distance, kind of stopped in front of the cage, and he landed that right hook. But um, you know, I didn't at, at no point I was like was I out of it or kind of unaware of anything or anything like that. And, and you know, expected him to swarm on me, and then he kind of grabbed a hold of me. So I was listening to Volk and Joe. You know, they were you know they were letting me know the only reason he's grabbing onto you and, and trying to control you is because he's tired. So I knew in myself, okay, he's tired. I was able to reverse the position. I finished the second round on top of him, uh, landed some ground and pound, and coming out for round three that. I needed to win the round, but, you know, I kind of was just like to myself, I, let's, let's get back to what we wanted to do in the first round, but let's do it properly this time. And then obviously it was able to get the, the rear naked choke finish. And, you know, it was, it was, I was extra hyped coming in that third round, man. It's not, it's not very few people can say they have the world champion in their corner screaming at him going, look at him. He's tired. He's done. He doesn't want to be here. Let's go put him away. So that was pretty cool. No, it was. It was a great round. I know the boys were all, all online and it got right around in the chat. Uh, we enjoyed that one thoroughly. But what what surprised me, uh, JVH, and it surprised me a couple of times now, uh, I think we go back through your record. I think you've been, and sorry to put it on a negative note, finished four times, three of them coming by way of TKO. Uh, we date back to the, the Rob Costa fight. Yep. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, I, I certainly thought there, there was an avenue that he might get you in a bit of trouble if he was able to... I guess, out grapple and get you in a position where he could lock in a submission. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that one was going to end in a in a uh, him tagging you. And then likewise in the last fight, uh, that certainly, you know, caught me off guard. I remember Charles Sonnen talked about it uh, a while back in one of his interviews about how he he noticed he had, you know, some mental lapses and they normally come in the in the second round of his fights. I'm not, not saying that's necessarily the case. Is that something you've identified, though, that it's happened a few times now? Clearly, that, that's a bit of a focus, I guess, moving forward when you look at some of the names and the heavy hitters that you might be facing moving forward. Uh, talk, talk us through that. Yeah, so I guess for me, you know, it, it does sort of it, – it, it's been sort of a thing that obviously I'm trying to improve my game as a whole. And I do think sometimes still when it comes to the stand-up side of things that I am kind of – I kind of forget the work that I've been doing and the improvements that I've made and I do kind of, you, you know, have that little sort of, like you kind of, kind of touched on like a mental lapse where you kind of like, you're just like kind of pausing and going, oh, you know, and then obviously something's happened and then it's like you snap back and you go, okay, no, well, what you were doing was working. The Rod Costa fight is a great example of that. Like I kind of, you look at the first half of, the, of that fight, like the first half of the, that round and my distance was good. I was dictating the pace. I was landing. I was missing, avoiding his shots. He was really sort of landing a couple of leg kicks here and there. Um, and then, yeah, like you sort of, like we sort of spoke about, it kind of just had that bit of a lapse, got lazy with my distance and then kind of, you know, instead of sticking with, with what's working and what, um, what improvements I've made, I kind of just, 
yeah, froze up a little bit and I guess sort of overthought it in the moment, you know, and that left those openings, got clipped, got finished. And then, yeah, that was sort of in the second round of this fight with Josh, that kind of was another thing that happened again. But obviously, you know, it's something that I'm sort of constantly working and improving, not just that part of being like the whole game as a whole, like everything in the game as a whole. But yeah, for sure, just that's something that I'm still sort of working out is just being confident in my stand-up, just being confident in the improvements that I've made, being confident in the understanding of distance, knowing that I've got, a, got like an incredible fight IQ. I'm experienced in the sport and, uh, you know, not just coming into it thinking, you know, it's okay. I can, I, I have to do this one Avenue for a little bit, but that's okay. If it doesn't work out, I can just revert to something else. I don't need to do that, but I think that's sort of where it was at a little bit. And I think, yeah, in both fights, I think I was caught off guard a bit by, uh, both guys ability to find the shot, but also the, you know, the, it's not, not so much as finding the shot. It's more so the, the surprise at the power, like you said, that was coming back my way. I think both times in both fights, I didn't take them seriously in that avenue, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I was kind of like, like especially with Rod, I was kind of like, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think this guy's going to be able to knock me out, you know. I'll be he's able a to, BJJ guy. Like, yeah, exactly. he's not going to crack you. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's a mistake you make in this game, you know, where you take someone's, you give someone too much credit in one avenue, but you don't give them enough credit in another. And then you're going to find yourself in a situation where you potentially get finished. And that's what happened with me. Um, obviously, his jiu-jitsu pedigree is incredible. In a straight jiu-jitsu match, would be a problem to have to deal with Rod. But looking back at the fight now and looking at his performances since then, um, if that fight was to run it back, obviously, I'd give him the full respect for his game as a whole, especially his striking, knowing that he has some pop in his, in his punches, he's got some power. So it'd be like a completely different approach. And that's why I think in the third round with Josh too, I, I kind of, um, I was like a bit more calculated. I didn't go, I didn't go first. I kind of drew him out to try and pull the trigger early because I knew he was just, most of the shots that, that he threw were counters. And even in that fight, like obviously in the second round, he, he clipped me and he dropped me, not taking it away from it. The guy clipped me and dropped me. But to be honest, a lot of the other punches that he threw and some of the punches that landed, those other punches that landed, was just sort of glancing shots. Like watching that fight back after I got back to, you know, to New South Wales and kind of watching it back with those close to me and, and breaking it down. I was kind of like listening to the commentary and then made it sound like every time this kid threw a punch, it was like putting me on like putting me on skates, which which wasn't. But in saying that, when I did get lazy, when I did have that lapse, when I did freeze, he did clip me and he did put me down. So, you know, it's something to iron out. It's certainly something that improves on the daily. And now that, you know, Volk's in camp and, and preparing for zombie, we're sparring twice a week. So I'm getting, you know, getting those opportunities to, to iron that out and work on it a bit. And, and um, you guys touched on some of the potential heavy hitters that I'll be fighting and, you know, moving forward in, in the featherweight division. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, Khan Offley is actually in yeah. New South Wales training with us at Freestyle. So I've gotten a chance to move around with him. And, uh, you know, that guy's he's super talented. He's well-rounded and certainly hits hard. So, you know, that's, that is something to sort of keep in the back of my mind that, you know, when I'm fighting these guys like the Khans, the, the Jenkins, the, the Rodcasters, the Diegos, you know, these, these guys pack some you know, power in their punches. They've got some pop in, in, in the stand-up side of things. So it's, it's more so you've got to be disciplined at all times and can't like lapse at any moment. No, I love the absolute brutal honesty there and spoken like uh, a former Coastal Combat champion. <laughs> I'd expect nothing less. Um, so just quickly also want to touch on scheduled to fight Ryan Gray a couple of times. Are we ever going to see that one take place, mate, or is that one sailed? Um, to be honest, 
if that was offered again, like if he if this fight with Diego goes ahead that he that he that he's got scheduled, if that goes ahead and 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 is all good and actually happens, then yeah, I'd, I'd you know take a match up with him if it's offered, and I'd like to I'd like to fight Ryan. Man, I've got nothing but respect for the dude. Uh, he and I are pretty pretty cool with one another. Obviously, this last time we were scheduled to fight, the border closure stopped us, COVID being COVID, all that sort of stuff. First time we meant to fight, um, I just beat Toby Meach. The week after that fight, Cam messaged me, asked me if I wanted to fight Ryan Gray on the November card. I was like, yeah, whatever, let's do it. Um, he pulled out with an injury, messaged me, and was like, and he messaged me himself to apologize and that sort of stuff, which is kind of cool. He said he had a grade three hamstring injury, which means it's got torn off the bone. He's like, I can barely walk, let alone train. So he's like, if there was anything different, I'd take the fight. But then what happened with that event, uh, Rod Costa ended up stepping in and fighting um, fighting on that event. And obviously Ryan went to corner him. After Rod's fight, when he won, Ryan's like in the cage, jumping around, celebrating with him, like <laughs> running around on his leg, like all good. So, and then I was watching that going, oh, you told me you can't walk. Like you told me you tore it off the bone. So I was a bit like, oh, you know, is it as major and as serious as, as you made it out to be? Or did... Did you just have some kind of doubts and were just like, all right, I, you know, maybe I don't, I don't want to take this fight at the moment with how things are. You know, apples and oranges, I guess. But, you know, I know the guy has been unlucky with some actual legit injuries. Obviously, that's why he had to, you know, vacate the belt and why he had such so much time off. Um, I believe he had a couple of surgeries and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I want to, I want to like look at it and go, okay, you know, the guy was injured and couldn't make the fight, but, it, you know, i got to take it with a grain of salt a little bit when I'm watching you in the cage jumping around celebrating with that Brazilian bloke that knocked me out. So, How many times you do know. you prepare for the same guy as well? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it, it starts to become, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, it's, there's a couple of uh, people sort of, and it's happened a few times over the years, where there's a couple of these people that I've like been scheduled to fight with and then it just doesn't come to fruition for whatever, you know, various sort of reason. And then when it does get offered again, you know, the motivation to actually go, okay, yeah, I want to take the flight and prepare for it. You know, it's something that, that kind of dwindles and you're just kind of like, you know, what's the point? Like I'm better off just skipping this and taking a fight with someone I know that's going to be, be there on the day, that's going to be game and, you know, that's going to, try and put me away and give me that exciting opportunity and challenge that I'm chasing every time I get in there. No, 100%. 100%. And last one for me, because DL said, keep it snappy, and I've, I haven't. I've <laughs> you never some do. long-winded questions that require do. detailed responses. Uh, so just quickly, now, aside from rematching me for the Coastal Combat Belt, what is the fight you want next? Um, are you looking at that Jenko and Costa fight, looking at that as the winner? Is that, that what you're eyeing off, or is there anything else in the works? Um, I think... We're looking at potentially getting a matchup sorted for the Melbourne card on April 23rd. I think there's a few, get around that, a few sort of things, you know, a few, a few people, few names there for that. But yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm going to be watching the fight between Rod and, and Jack. And um, me personally, man, like I, I, if Rod wins the fight, match up with Rod, a rematch with Rod, so no, you know, it'd be a no-brainer. I'd take that in a heartbeat. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be cool to do that and actually, you know, have have the you know, the time to do sort of a, a prep for him, have my coaches with me and, you know, get after it with, with Rod again. I've got, I've got big respect for that guy, so I'd, I'd like to share the cage with him again. Um, I believe if Jack wins, he's going to get a call up and I want him to get a call up. Uh, I was actually, when I was down in Melbourne for, for Hex, Volk went in and sparred with, with Jack and a couple of the boys at, at Absolute and I was in there moving around just getting a sweat out with Joe on the pads. Um, got to talk to Jack, he and I, you know, he and I and, and every, all the other guys from, from Absoluta, are, you know, we're all good. And, and I had a great chat with, with Jack, actually. Um, 
about what sort of what's ahead and, and what's on the cards. And, and you know, I, I think he's going to come out, potentially look to do whatever he can to win because obviously there's, there's some big things at stake for him. But for me, man, there's interesting matchups. There's obviously there's the winner of that fight. There's someone like Alan Philpot who's acting like a turkey, saying everyone's scared to fight him, jumping on people's social media, talking all sorts of smack. Um, but he tried to come at the old lockjaw. He got roasted, deleted his comments, tucked his tail and ran away. So we'll, uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens with the old tin man Phil Pot if he can make it to a camp and get to the fight. But, yeah, that would be, be something else. If he, if he makes it to his fight May 7th and wins, then we'll, uh, that would be a matchup that we'd look at putting together as well. Um, but, yeah, there's, you know, there's a stack of talented featherweights that, that, are, that are sort of ahead, you know. I believe Sam Hibbard is stepping up, coming to featherweight. Um, I've seen a few things about that. So, you know, that could be a cool fight. Obviously, Khan could be a cool fight. Rod Costa, you know. Well, mate, we'll see what the runner-back productions can do. We already put together the best promo in the history of Eternal MMA, and I'm sure this won't make the cut. Um, but we'll see what we can manage for the uh, for the next one. Uh, funny. Melbourne Car would be cool, though. I'd be keen for that. I like the deleted comments on social media. That's good. Nah, you and Stoney might... JVH, you and Stoney might be cut from the same cloth, if uh, if you know what I mean. We'll, we'll soon see. Mate, we got you on uh, for another reason. We like to talk a little bit of local fights, things that are coming up, things that the, the punters of the Run It Back podcast should have their eye on. So where are we heading this week, mate? Let's get stuck in. First one, this weekend... On the March 11th, so the Friday night, there's obviously uh, Urban Fight Nights doing a double event Friday, Saturday, you know. Uh, but a fight that sticks out for me is going to headline the Friday event. Um, you got Michael Barber taking on Darwin. Um, I'm not going to try and say Darwin's own. It's Darwin Sagrut. I think that's how you say get it. Snack. You should I, 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 yeah, I think you nailed it. Don't get me involved. Whatever. Don't get but me anyway, involved. <laughs> so that's for a bantamweight title for the urban bantamweight title. Uh, should be a, should be a really good scrap. Michael's coming off a win over Sam Hibbard. Uh, Darwin coming off a win over Lucas Lycan. Uh Got a late a late knockout in, in that fight in, in what was a sort of back and forth scrap. Um, Michael just put a clinic on on Hibbard and made it a, made it an ugly fight and put a pace on and, and got the win. So both guys can scrap. Both guys you know have potential to to do some damage um, on the feet. For my money, Darwin's a better wrestler. But I think, you know, Michael's a bit, a bit scrappier and, and, and super tough and definitely won't quit having fought Michael. I know that firsthand. But I also you know a fun fact about the guy. He actually fought and got kicked in an MMA fight and lost a testicle. And oh. that We just talked is, about three testicles before. Jesus that's Christ. crazy. So that's why that guy won't quit. So I'm expecting it's going to be a scrap. And if I'm going to make a pick, I reckon it's either going to be a clean knockout from Darwin or... I believe Michael's going to make it ugly enough to grind out a decision. I, I, I don't want to fight a dude who's lost a testicle in a fight <laughs> because you know that that dude's not going to quit. Yeah, he's Regar- got no quit. If, no if, quit. You look, if you look that dude in the tightest choke ever, he's lost a testicle. <laughs> he, he ain't tapping out, man. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, if you lose testicles, man, nothing else is going to phase you. That's just Fuck how it is. me. And then we head next to Eternal. We do, we do. So obviously... Uh, we'll start off with um, a really good welterweight fight on that card. So, yep, March 19th, Eternal, taking place in the Gold Coast. You've got Tristan Murphy versus Joseph Luciano from Absolute. Uh, so it's just combat, training center versus Absolute. Bit of a good good sort of competitive rivalry going on between the two gyms there. Tristan's obviously coming off a win over Dave Martinez after a, a, a big break away from the sport. And I think he was on a three-fight losing streak with, against some tough, tough individuals. So he bounced back against uh, Martinez where we get the submission win. Um, then you got Joseph, who's also, you know, 
coming off a win uh, against Blake Shepard on the same card that I fought Michael on, uh, an eternal card in Melbourne. Both guys are great grapplers. Both guys are super strong. Both are big dudes for the division. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be who can pretty well dictate the pace of the fight, who can make the other guy make the mistakes on the feet and potentially shoot that panic takedown, try and do that clinch where you're going to try and change the game up and then just take advantage. But looking at the fight, um, looking at the resurgence and sort of motivation that Tristan has coming into the fight and then obviously knowing how talented Joseph is and, and watching him in action, I expect it to be a three-round back-and-forth scrap and I think Joseph's going to be able to do enough in the later rounds to grind out a decision. And then main event on that night, March 19th, got the main event, you got Jack Jenkins taking on Rod Costa, um, a fight that, that's been sort of, <laughs> at least from Rod's end, he's he's been very, very, very vocal about and asking for over and over again. And then obviously, you know, Jack's obliged him now, so the fight's going to take place. And, uh, you know, there's a lot at stake for, for Rod. It's a chance to win a belt, continue his win streak, um, and snatch a lot of momentum from uh, from the surging Jack Jenkins. But uh, for Jack, it's, it's, it's another chance for him to go out there, put on a, an incredible performance, potentially break another dude's leg and... Um, you know, cement his uh, his ticket to the big show. Um, I think for this fight, Rod Costa's got to, got to use his grappling. He's got to get the fight to the ground at some point and be able to utilize his grappling, which is at such a high level that, you know, we've spoken about before. For Jack, it's going to be a case of using his explosiveness, his ability. You know, he's he's, he's got good wrestling as well, so he's got to be – especially defensively sound with his wrestling just to keep the fight standing and, 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 you know, put on a pace on the feet, land those hard shots, land those hard kicks and kind of just set the tone. Rod Costa is definitely, you know, hittable, can take a punch, but, and, and a kick and an elbow and, and sort of everything <laughs> else. But, you know, basing that on, on what we've seen with some of these other guys he's fought and then opposed to someone like Jack, who is very explosive and does hit very hard. I don't think that standing in there and getting into a fight that looks pretty with Jack is going to be the right to go. Because if it looks pretty, you're losing. If you make it ugly, you make it gritty, worth the grappling, it's uh, it's going to be he's better for you. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one for me to pick. I'm quite fond of both guys, respect both guys. Um, but for my money, I'm going to have to go with, with, with Jack in, in that fight. I believe Jack's going to be able to pick apart Rod uh, on the feet and, and especially from range. And I think, feel like he's going to be able to shut down the uh, takedowns and, and, and limit the grappling that, that takes place in the fight. And ultimately um, I, I see a third round, uh, third round stoppage to Jack. Yeah. Boys are excited for that one yeah. to round us out a diamond back. Yep. So we've got diamond back taking place. We've got a, a very interesting main event, a, a welterweight fight between um, two super tough dudes. We've got Damon Upton Greer from uh, Tasmania who's fought, the who's who of Australian MMA. Um, that guy's that guy's been in some scraps with some uh, some dangerous and, and talented athletes, and then he's he's taken on Lyle Crump from Absolute. I think he's still based at Absolute, I, I believe. Obviously, he's got a, a record of six and one. His his last fight, he, he lost by triangle choke on um, on EFC. Um, so, but you know, before that, he's looked pretty dominant, pretty incredible, and, and handedly sort of destroyed people when he's been in there. Um, so I think he's going to be charged up and motivated to sort of come back off that loss and, and get a win. Both guys are super tough. Both guys are very big for the weight class. Both guys are super well-rounded. Both guys are very game. They can take the damage. They can dish it out. Um, I do believe, though, in the stand-up exchanges that, you know, Damon's the one that's got the advantage. I think he's got a bit more pop in his punches, a bit more power. So um, I do think that it's going to be, for Lyle, it's going to be a case of mixing in at least the fakes, the feints, 
the level changes just to kind of throw him off and break his rhythm, break his step a bit. Um, but yeah, that's another fight that, you know, it's got all the potential to be sort of go the distance and, uh, and be a fan favorite sort of fight with, you know, everyone can enjoy him and sort of be back and forth. But, um, for my money, I'm going to go with Lyle to come back from the loss that he suffered in his last fight, uh, put on an absolute clinic and, um, Finish the fight in the second round from the top position with some devastating ground and pound. Lovely boys. Now, JBH, I didn't didn't warn you about this one, but any any goss for us this week? I know you dropped something beautiful on us last time with the UFC coming to Perth. Have you got nothing? Got nothing at all? Mm, goss, goss. Yeah. Mate, mm. you've been training. You've been training <laughs> with a, an absolute champion for a little bit now. Got nothing a about that. Legitimate champion. Yeah. Let's go. Mm. Um, there, mate. I don't know if it's really goss, but it has been put like it's probably already known, but it has been put forward to me that yeah, for sure, if Jack wins this fight, he's off to Sizzler. So We're going to the race. Oh, going to Disneyland, or, or you can eat. So yeah, so so that's that's cool. That's pretty cool, and that's something you want to see. So and and especially with that, with with all the, the focus that's on, on going on in the oceanic region at the moment, with the PFL picking up a few people and stuff like that. Um, I think a lot of these promotions, including the UFC, are realizing the talent pool that they have available and, and, and the sort of the sort of stuff they can harness um, into their promotions. So yeah, it's it's cool to see. So that's probably yeah the only thing at the moment. I'm sure I have a few things. There's a couple of things that I'm that I'm waiting to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> mate, there's plenty of episodes left this year, mate. So yeah, yeah, next next episode I should have something a bit juicier. Something but not juicy, that that yeah. isn't. That's a that's no, a no, really, we like really cool thing. Oh, the boys are around like that it. one. That's awesome. Um, mate, and before we let you go, we're going to do a quick run around for the boys. We're going to take the three main fights on Eternal and add to our picks this week. Snags, we've got three there to pick from. Uh, so I will go Diego. Yep. Are we picking? Are we picking like yeah, a we'll, finish? The top so. three fights for the eternal card. Don't have to do a finish. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to go Diego. I'm going to go uh, Murphy. And then I'm obviously going to take Jenkins as well for the win. Do you want to give us a maybe a finish on the Jenkins fight? Yeah. Uh, look, I spoke to Jack the other day. I think he's going to grind this out for five rounds and take the decision. Right. He just wants to blow the cobwebs out, you know, and just get a bit of sweat on for five rounds, I think. There it goes. <laughs> um, i got a little tip for the boys too, if, if it's all right, a bit of local local yeah. tip. Amateur yep. fight on uh, JVH talking about ultimate – oh, UFN, urban fight night, sorry. Uh, got an amateur fight. We've got Brad Fulmer who trains out of Gracie Smeaton Grange. Uh, with Whitaker and Jacob Malcoon. Uh He's fighting a bloke that, uh, same as JVH, I will not try to pronounce his name. Uh, <laughs> but he's a little beast. I've seen him train when my little fella trained there. Uh, and he's just a little savage as well. So if you are watching the fights for Urban Fight Night, uh, he's on the amateur part of the card, but keep your eye out for him. He's- and also Diego will get that one finished, I think. Yeah, Statman? Yeah, I'm, I'm going Pahaya, Murphy, and then uh, it's... it's- the the Jenkins Costa fight is so intriguing to me because you have a uh, someone who is uh, very very strong in one regard and someone who is a well regarded figure in another uh, in in all of them. I'm going Jack Jenkins TKO round two. Uh, I'm so intrigued to see how that fight goes down, but I yeah, think that Jack Jenkins overall game um, our classes Rod Costa's game. Now, Statman, if you had to liken that fight to a UFC fight we've seen, what springs to mind? Oh, fuck me. Uh, maybe a BJ Penn versus Diego Sanchez fight, but trade BJ Penn for a stronger Muay Thai fight. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Covington Meyer. Oh, Covington Meyer. Oh, I was going to say Woodley. Good. I was going like to say it. Woodley Meyer. Yeah. Um, you, you've, you've, got a, you've got a fighter who is he's so strong in, in his jiu-jitsu game, but also has threat in power. 
against a fighter who is so well-rounded, um, strong chin, strong, gra- uh, strong grappling, strong wrestling. I reckon Jack Jenkins uses his wrestling to stay standing in this fight um, and has the chin to withstand Rod Costa's blows. Um, has the Muay Thai to be able to wear him down. I think um, Jack Jenkins for this one. Cool. Be good. Well, I'm taking RIB fam, Jager Pereira, uh, Tristan Murphy, and I'm going to take Jack in one. I think Jack walks through Costa like, uh, like hot butter. No, what is it? A knife. Hot knife. <laughs> hot butter. butter. Hot butter. Hot knife butter. through hot knife through butter. If you had butter, it's just melted. Hot <laughs> butter is melted. Butter is butter. <laughs> Yeah, so bizarre. I've got one more tip. I've got one more tip for the boys. JVH to stay undefeated in Melbourne. Looking forward to it. We'll be there. Oh, yeah, boys will be there. JVH, thanks for uh, dropping in. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure as always. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to get to work on, on confirming some more gossip. Yes. I'll have the drip ready for the next episode. Oh, please, please. I'll keep telling you I'll keep telling you these fights that you got to watch and pay attention to because you're going to enjoy them. We will. Mate, love it. Love it. Appreciate and we'll, it. And we'll upgrade that uh, that intro one more step <laughs> yeah, next please. week. Just, just a little bit. Just like a no, little bit No, just a little bit. Tell step up, mate. We're going we're gonna to keep under budget. So uh, all good. So thanks for jumping watch on, mate. Sure. Thank you. Thanks, JVH. Boys, I'm excited about this one. We left Jack Jenkins and Snags in a room together all by themselves, no producer present. Boys had a really good chat. Uh, Jack's fighting, obviously, on Eternal 64 on the Gold Coast, and the boys had a really good chat about it. The unedited version or slightly edited version will come out in the coming weeks, but this is some highlights where Jack mostly talks about um, his mentality coming into Eternal 64 and some of the plans moving forward. This chat with Snags and Jenkins is proudly brought to you by Victory Recovery Systems. Victory Recovery Systems is the ultimate in preparation. Check out their website. Check them on the gram as well, Victory Recovery Systems. You will find something you need to recover perfectly. And if you'd like 15% off your order with Victory Recovery Systems, just use our code RIB15 and it'll slip you 15% off at checkout. Let's jump into our chat. All right, so we got fight coming up um, in two weeks' time. Yep. On the GC. Snag's disappointed it's not in Melbourne, but yeah. we'll have to deal with that. Yep. Um, we're fighting Rod Costa. Yep. Uh, thoughts? What's what's the plan? Um, go in there, stay low in my stance, hopefully close up his left eye with jabs early, um, and then just see what comes off that. I think he's going to be expecting the leg kicks. Yeah. You know, it's hard to not watch my last few fights and expect those leg kicks. So I'll probably put them in the back pocket, at least for the first round or so, um, and just try and get the hands working. Especially the jab. I think the jab's going to be the key to this one. If I can keep him outside on the jab, really mess up his rhythm with his takedowns and stuff, that's going to be really important for yeah. me. So last fight, win by leg kick, yeah? Yep. Round two, TKO by leg kicks, just folded him. Yep. So um, it was an impressive performance, obviously, two-round win. Yep. How was the training camp going into the last one versus this one? Anything different? Nah, pretty much spot on the same. Yeah. If anything, maybe this one's been a little bit longer. I've had yeah. a bit of a longer camp um, just purely because there was a bit of uncertainty around what was going to happen yeah. uh, with fights and that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, going in in good shape. And, uh, yeah, I feel like I've got the tools to get the job done. Rod's, Rod's been on a bit of a run. Um, you know, he's, he's fairly highly touted. If you take out a couple of his losses, um, you know, he's been very impressive. So uh, I'm looking forward to showing everybody that I'm still the best and, you know. Keeping the strap. Yeah, securing my spot. 
as the next guy to go to the UFC. Yeah, nice. When's the last time you fought on the GC not long ago, yeah? Uh, March 19 last year. Yeah. Exactly 12 months. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. That was the slip and slide event, wasn't it? Went wild? Yes. But I was on the Friday night. It was the double header, Friday, Saturday. Oh, true. The Friday night we had no issues with the canvas. The Saturday night it was... It was wet. It was wet. It's a heavy nine. Crazy. <laughs> heavy nine on the track. Yeah. Boys couldn't get their footing. No. Oh, geez. So when uh, when's the trip up to GC start? Um, I'll leave on Wednesday. Leave on Wednesday. Next week? Next week. Yep. So we would have a good the week. The week after. Yeah, not this coming Wednesday, the oh, week cool. after. I'll just go up the day before. Yeah. Sort of day before, two days before weigh-ins. So what does it look like now in terms of rest of the fight camp? Just tapering off or you got anything? Um, no, nah, so I still train really hard this week. I just br- bring my contact right down. Yeah. So like this week I did a really heavy contact week. Um, so it was like lots of rolling, sparred, um, you know, just putting the body to work. Whereas this week I'll still keep working hard, but I yeah. won't do much live stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, cool. bit of rolling here and there, maybe a bit of moving around with some other boys who are fighting, but I won't be going in and, having any really hard rounds yeah. or anything who um else from absolute is fighting is there any you got uh, just from? me and joey luciano yeah joey's the co-main and i'm the main event so right, nice. he's got a good fight against a local boy from the gold coast there um but joe joey's very very fit got yeah. a r- real good cardio base and um brings a, a lot of experience to the fight so I'm back in what's, Joey. Um, one. I haven't seen many Joey's fights. I don't think I've seen one yet. But what's his record? What's he looking like? Uh, he's three and one at yeah, the nice. moment. But his one loss came. He fought on one championship for his first fight. Oh, re- first fight. Yeah, because he had a he had a pretty big amateur career. Yeah. Um, and then when um he's come back to the local scene and gone three and zero fairly quickly. And he's a he's a he's not a young like a lot of guys will turn pro a little bit earlier than he did. But he had some um, eye maffer pretty high IMAFA aspirations. I think yeah. he won a silver medal at Worlds for oh, IMAFAs. Um, so he sort of took that path and now that he's back and he's gone pro here, he really wants to climb to the top of the Australian scene really yeah. quickly. And what's um, his, what's his what division? Welterweight. Welterweight. Which now that Jack Dall has been signed is wide open. Yeah. You know, Jack, I think Jack was a real clear top pick in that division, whereas now he's been signed, it, it's opened up who's going to who's gonna put their name on to be the next guy yeah. in that cl- weight class and – no, I back Joey to do it. Yeah, nice. Mate, Dell's on a fucking tear too in yeah. the UFC. Yeah, he's just a beast, isn't he? He's so good. <laughs> it's good to see his last fight. Dominant performance again, as per usual. Yeah, so Step back left hand. So <laughs> nice. Um, so what's been like the the mentality with this fight camp? Like what's the training been like? It's been a bit varied or you've gone kind of similar? Um, no, nah, it's been pretty much, yeah. We have, I've, I've sparred with Volkanovski a couple of times for this oh, camp, yeah. which has been real interesting. Down um, in the gong or? Uh, up here. Up here. I was supposed to go down this week, but he had some trouble, um, not trouble, but he had to go sort some shit out in Perth with his visa and other sorts of stuff um, for the US fight that he's got coming up. So uh, that was really eye-opening, good experience for me because we sparred once when I was a lot younger and I, you know, picked up some things that I really needed to work on and I felt like in the second time we sparred, which is, you know, five years down the track that yeah. I've really addressed some of those things and he's gotten a lot better too, so I was really happy with that. Is um, there different, like, is you feel like you're on a, there's different levels when you're sparring blokes like that or...? Yeah, definitely. Like he's a world champion, number two pound for pound in the world for a reason. Um, But, you know, I don't – I definitely didn't feel like I was, you know – like the first time we sparred it was like, well, I'm way out of my depth. Whereas now it's like I feel like I'm right there and the things that I do do wrong in the areas he beats me, I feel like I can uh, recognise and address and go, okay, I can see a way where I might be able to fix that and, you know, find a way. There's a real fighter's mentality is you always think you're going to – you can – fix something and do something to be better next time. But, yeah, and he's really helpful too. Like he'll stop and say like, hey, you did this well, 
keep doing that or you need to do this a little bit better because I found options to yeah to get in on that. But yeah, he asked me to come up um, to Wollongong and, and train with him for the Korean zombie fight, but it just didn't end up working out. Um, and uh, I decided to just stick down here for this one. But after this fight, if you know, if I come through it, no injuries. Nope, I'm planning on going five rounds. So um, don't know if that'll be feasible to go straight back to the gong and, and help him out <laughs> for the zombie fight because I think he's on three weeks after me. Ah, shit. But uh, yeah, if, if that happens, that'll be happening. I'll go up and get more rounds in with him. But if I need a bit of time off, I need a bit of time off. He seems like a ripper of a bloke. Yeah, he's a superstar. Just seems like an all-round good dude, fucking Aussie. Aussie bloke that will just rip in. So Yeah. Oh, mate, that's awesome, mate. I yeah, guess, it's really good. Yeah, leveling up the game, getting to spar with people like that's pretty, yeah, pretty good definitely. confidence tip as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's good just to go like, all right, well, he's the best in the UFC. You see, and you see how badly he's beat a lot of guys yeah. in the UFC and go, well, where do I where do I stack myself up in that pile? And go, well, I like where I sit. So yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm happy to go with that. All right, then two weeks out, the biggest question, obviously, that everyone wants to know is what's going to be the walkout music? Um, are going to stick strong or are we, we changing it up? No, nah, I think I'll change it up. I was thinking about um, – Still haven't seen no Robbie Williams yet, mate. No, nah, not Robbie. That's <laughs> That one's safe. It's got to be a lights-out venue for that. Ah, it's true, be, very true. Um, but I'm, I was thinking, you know, you know, 8 Mile, you know the final, the final rap? Everybody like the, from the 313, <laughs> put your motherfucking hands up. That one? That's I was sick. thinking about that one because Joey walks out to um, Shook Ones, yeah. part two, which is the um, instrumental. That's what the instrumental from the eight yeah. mile thing is. So I thought if he walks out to the Shook Ones, then I walk out to the eight mile final rap. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah. I would go, I would have too much thought process into my walkout music. For you would fight. have too much? Yeah. Nah, I just sort of like, because I would have told you this before, but I do a lot of running late at night. Yeah. So I kind of just like run late at night and just whatever, whatever's coming to me on a playlist that's making me like, fuck yeah, right. this gets me up and about. And you sort of spend the time as you're running in your head thinking like visualizing the fight and that sort of stuff. And you part of that is visualizing like warming up and yeah. walking out and all that sort of stuff. You get that. Uh, shook one's beat come on and then Slim Shady just drops on it you're just like yeah fuck <laughs> this slap that'd be so sick. yeah I think I might might do that one this time yeah nice what's um? I guess that's not something that we've ever really dug into like the whole preparation for a fight not the fight camp but mm. like you get to the arena you've done your cut you've done your weigh in yep probably feel a bit better after the weigh in's done get that off your back yep like how does that from there to you know getting dressed getting warmed up how does like yeah so do you want to go like through a, from like when you leave the way yeah you're like are you like real prepped or you're like yeah yeah so um from when i leave the weigh-ins till that night pretty much everything i eat and drink is um like planned out for me yeah so i know like this hour i'll eat this this hour i'll eat that it's often even when i get there it's like all bagged up for me so it's like here's the water and train aid or power aid or whatever you're drinking with a couple of these lollies here then this then this then you'll have a meal at this time and then this and this um so that first day the good thing about the gold coast is morning wanes so you get a full day to reload so by the time you know pretty much i'll weigh in at um 11 but by three or four i'm already back up to weight yeah to where i've where i've started the week from and i'm ready to go um so then the rest of that time that next day that the rest of that day and the next day is just chilling yeah um then uh, on the day of the fight, wake up and I always do a workout in the morning because often if 
you don't train the day before the weigh-ins very often, then your weigh-in day you're not going to train. So then you just need to get a bit of a blowout in. Just Otherwise, it's the first time since you've done the weight cut that you're actually going to move is when you start warming up out the back. So the morning of the fight, I get a bit of a move around in. I'll usually do like four or five rounds on the pads, a little bit of stretching, a little bit of wrestling, just make sure I get blood thrown back, flowing back through the muscles. And then from that point, that day of the fight, I treat it exactly like I treat a sparring day yeah. every Friday in, in fight camp. So I eat the same things I would eat on a say on a sparring day. Uh, I usually I'll, I'll play video games for an hour. I'll sit on my phone. I'll chill out, go for a walk, grab a coffee, just try and stay as relaxed as possible till we get to the venue. And then when we get to the venue, I like to get my hands wrapped really early. Yeah. Um, so like first fights on, even though I'm the main event, I'll start wrapping my hands then with my coach. We just talk s- small talk about the fight, you know, stay low, reminders here and there. This is what we're looking for. Remember this, remember that. Um, then we start, uh, once we get about, once we think my fight's on in sort of 20, 25 minutes, we start yeah. moving around and that'll start with a bit of shadow boxing, a little bit of light wrestling and stuff. Then once the fight, we think it's about 10 or 15 minutes away, I'll do like a, a good set on the pads, which will be like, get a bit of a sweat going, make sure the hips are all opened up, everything's ready to go. Start working like opening sequence stuff like, right, I'm coming out, stay low, throw the jab, keep your chin down, that sort of stuff. Then they come out and usually they'll just pull us off the pads when it's time. I'll hit pads right up until the um, organisers will come out and be like, Jack, you ready, time to go. And then from there you just walk out and Do you think? keep your breathing normal, wait until your song comes on, try and soak that in a little bit and enjoy it. And then as soon as I lock in the cage, I just lock in yeah. and it's go time. Like that's it's so fucking bizarre to me that you just got to like guess your time before you fight basically because anything can happen. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Like you can. I I remember once I was fighting. I was fighting fourth on a show, and this is why I always wrap my hands really early now because I was fighting fourth, so I kind of dragged my feet getting my hands wrapped, or maybe my coach rocked up a little bit late to the show or something, and then we just finished wrapping my hands, and the the guy before me walked out. So I, I'm not warm. I don't have gloves on or anything. I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. So quickly throw my gloves on, hit pads for like two minutes. That fight finishes, oh knockout. And then I'm like, fuck, I'm out. i got to go here. Oh, and then they call your name and it's time to go. And like there's nothing worse than trying to get in the right headspace and things feel rushed. Yeah. Yeah, now I've, I've learned from that mistake and I get early ready really early. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So I think even the mental thing of just going, am I on in 10 or half hour? Because it mm. could be fucking anything. Yep. Um. Yeah, just I think play it, with you. Yeah, you just try and find like a level where you get to where you're not getting yourself tired, but you're not sort of stagnating. Yeah. So you know, like, right, if I start warming up two fights before, it's going to be minimum 10 minutes, maximum 30 minutes. Yeah. You kind of look at it that way and go, I can stay warm for 30 and I can be ready in 10. Yeah. So then you average that out and go, most of the time I'm going to walk out between 15 and 25 minutes Crazy. from now. Next would just be peaking, 175 heart rate, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it gets you up and about. It's actually far more nerve-wracking being out the back if you're um, not fighting. Yeah. And it, it, even to a lesser extent, if you're the coach who's going to be making the calls, it's less nervous than if you're just maybe helping corner, helping corner and you're not actually involved in the fight at all. Yeah, more nervous. Cause more you, nervous. You cornered someone – Couple of shows ago, yeah. Um, I cornered a couple of people at Demolition. Yeah. Um, I cor- I corner quite a bit, um, but like for example, I've got a couple of guys who um I would probably be their direct coach, like yeah. one or only one or two of them, right? Who I would say that I'm their their coach, Go to. and it's not even so much that I coach them; it's just more a bit more of a mentoring role. Yeah, like they sort of come to training with me and that sort of stuff. 
even when I'm coaching them, there's an element of control to it, right? Because I can, I know he'll listen if I speak to him in the cage. If I tell him to do something, I know most of the time he'll listen. So there's an element of control. But if you take, if you remove yourself once from that and you're just sitting there watching, it's just, it's, it's the guy in there and the coach a little bit but mostly just the guy in there. So you're just sitting there going, fuck, I hope my mate wins or something. <laughs> like I've never been, never had as much trouble watching fights as when I watched my older brother fight. Like yeah. I was 15 and I remember um, this was real clear that he walked out for his first fight and um, a lot of people there from the marsh and everyone started cheering and I went to like cheer and my vision just started like oh, coming really? in. And I've never ever in my life had like a, never seen blood and fainted or nothing like that yeah. ever and my vision started coming and i thought fuck am i gonna faint here <laughs> this is fucking wild and uh i ended up not fainting That's and then and i thought fuck i can't imagine what it would be like if you're actually fighting and then turns out it's actually easier oh, when you fight be, yeah. because it's it's in your control yeah. right um if i go out there and win it's because i did what i was supposed to do i trained hard i did everything if i go out there and lose it's because i made a mistake or the guy was better than me or whatever yeah right so you're comfortable with that Whereas when it's someone else, it's like, fuck, you just want them to be all right. That's crazy. How uh, how did your brother go in that fight? Did you get up? Yeah, yeah. My brother was an uh, undefeated kickboxer before oh, really? he uh, left the game. What did but he leave he's the a, game for? Uh, other commitments. Uh, other commitments. <laughs> we'll yeah, leave it at there. The career, yeah. What's, what's like the thought process of obviously the goals, next fight, hopefully UFC. Yep. But um, if it's not, like is there many more in Australia that you got to go through or – don't know, mate. We'll see how this one goes. I try not to look more than one fight ahead. Yeah. Like you have to have that, like it's a cliche, but you have to have that broad goal of like where do I want to go? Yeah. Like what's the point of this? You don't want to just take it one fight at a time without any real vision on it because then, you you know, you get lost in the weeds. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take this fight, hopefully win super impressively. Um, I've prepped to win super impressively and I think I've got the right skill set to win super impressively as I have for my last you know, five in a row. But outside of this fight, I haven't looked at anything on the local scene. I don't yeah. know. What, I don't know what there is. Out, what else there is out there for me? But if the UFC says, oh, maybe, maybe. we'll see how you go," maybe. or maybe, then you go, "Maybe, all right, fuck, we'll go another one." Yeah, I don't care. I'm happy to fight. The thing is, I keep at, at the end of the day, if you can't beat the guys locally, you can't beat the guys on yeah, the global stage. So what's the point? But yeah, what's the um the ideal path? Is it through like the contender stuff, or you just want to jump on a card? If, they, if there's an, a UFC event event in Australia... They're talking about Perth or something. Yeah, Perth, It's the think. fucking weirdest place yeah, to talk weird about. weird as fuck. Look, if there's a UFC an event in Australia, that would be my number one go to do that. But if there's um, nothing in Australia, then Contender Series yeah. would obviously be great. Jumping over. Yep. Ooh, I man. like the Contender Series. I like the vibe of it. I like that, you know, a win on Contender Series puts you re- in a really good yeah. spot moving forward. You get forward. A, lot of, a lot of highlight Exactly, start, yeah, yeah, yep. It's sort of separate to just being hidden on the undercard of some big show. Like you get a little bit more um, coverage. But look, all of that stuff, it's, um, you know, it's in the back of my mind, but it's just fucking, it's white noise at the moment, right? Yeah. Like it's fuck, it, contender, all that shit, that's fuck Doesn't all. Doesn't actually matter in this. Yeah, it means, it means nothing. Yeah. And, you know, it's similar to like the belts, like fighting for an eternal belt or a different belt or whatever. Like the belts are fuck all. Yeah. It just doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. You just have to get in there and win and win impressively. Um, that's why I've sort of like my style over my career has changed a bit where I'm just like far more aggressive now on the feet. You know, I, I try and be more of an anti-grapple style yeah. because that's just how to get Notice. to the top and it's how to get noticed because that's what people want to see. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if people don't want to watch you fight, you're not going to get fucking anywhere. 
And there it is, Jack and Snags. Great chat there from the boys. Uh, just a reminder, Jack fights on Eternal 64 on the Gold Coast March 19th, fighting Rod Costa. It's going to be a great battle. I'm really looking forward to the unedited version, which should come out in a week or so. Until then, let's keep moving with the podcast. Boys, let's jump into a leaderboard update. Uh, not a bad card for the boys, actually. There was uh, a few wins on it. Statman, let's run through the results uh, before we jump into an update. Perfect. As we like to do, we like to highlight the Oceanic fighters on the card. So we actually picked for a preliminary fight. Um, Jalen Turner defeating the Central Coast sensation Jamie Malaki by TKO in the second round. Kevin Holland defeated Alex Oliveira by TKO in the second round. Bryce Mitchell with a shutout against Edson Barboza. Absolutely incredible performance, including dual 30-25s on the scorecard. Rafael Dos Anjos defeated Hanato Mukano by unanimous decision, and then another unanimous decision in the main event. We had Colby Covington settle the grudge match against Jorge Masvidal, winning the, title, winning the event by unanimous decision across the five rounds there. Boys, tight leaderboard. It has got tight. I know there's only been two cards so far, but it has got very tight. Both the Statman and Stoney got bonus points on this card with picking Covington by decision. So from bottom to top, Stoney, six. Not bad. Not bad. You're on the Equal. bottom. Yep. But the, the hey, bottom is very... Imagine if you were on the bottom. That'd be fucking pathetic. <laughs> the bottom... <laughs> The bottom it's is not fa- the bottom is not very far away from the top because Statman, right. you're equal bottom with six. What? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? And then it is me and Snags both on seven. Uh, so yeah, it's baby. only like it's seven to six. Um, so oh, me and Snags hilarious. seven and seven, and Stony and Statman fuck. six and six. You guys so. are shit. You guys are Jesus so shit at this. <laughs> I had a clean sweep. I thought I'd be I'd be well in front. Yeah, because there was a fight that dropped out. So you got three plus you got a bonus point. So you got four. So you actually you got two in the first card. So that was your problem. You started poor. Yeah. Yeah. The um the the Dosanos versus um Rafael Fasiz. Rafael Fasiz fell through obviously. Yeah. So that kind of that fight got void. I believe he went Jamie Malarkey. As well against Jalen Turner. I did enjoy that that fight had already been pulled out, but on the day, Snag still tipped for that fight. So that oh, it's because Stoney baited me in. He's like, you dip it. And he's like, oh, you just got beat. And I was like, oh, fucking lol. So you, 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 put, a, you put a tip in for a fight that doesn't exist. So uh, yeah. that's good. So it makes it interesting, boys. Just two cards. Now, like we've done just before, we had JVH on and we dropped some eternal picks. So they're actually going to be part of our leaderboard for next episode, boys. So. We'll check it out from there. All right, boys, that wraps us up. Stoney, no tool of the week this week? No tool of the week this week, Dale. On notice. The boys are on notice. Yeah. That's a wrap on episode 67. If you like what we're doing, please like, share, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing or following is the best way to stay up to date. That's episode 67, boys. I'm producer DL. Episode 67, your mum's still a bloody 11. I'm Snags. Glad my to be back. And my name is Stoney, as always, boys. <laughs> We'll be back to run it back with you all on the next Run It Back podcast. Glad to be back, boys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Mate, it, it, it feels good to have the four of us. It feels good. It feels around. Got to get you back on a pair of you, guys, because we, we missed you last time. <laughs>